Welcome to Utah Lit, the Salt Lake Tribune's monthly online book club. I'm Jennifer Napier-Pierce, and uh, today we're talking about a novel called Theft, the debut novel by Colorado writer B.K. Lauren. It's a book rich with detail as well as nuance and bundles of themes from nature and nurture to lost and found to family and friendship and all the complications that are involved with those themes. And We're going to get to as much as we can with our guest panel, our superstar readers panel, features reporters uh, Ellen Wiest and Kathy Stevenson and managing editor Lisa Karakaburu and hello ladies. Hello. And since this is a book club, we invite you to join this conversation. Did B.K. Lauren's characters resonate with you? Did the themes resonate? What elements of the plot or the narrative sort of sucked you in? If you've got questions or comments about this book, and again, it's theft, you can send them to the hashtag at TribTalk on Twitter and Google+. You can put them in the comment section right here at sltrib.com, or you can text us, and that number is 801-609-8059. And just from the outset, I have to say I really liked this book, and we are going to get to so many details, I hope, anyway. <laughs> um, but first, um, Ellen, maybe introduce us to the author, B.K. Lauren. Uh, you got a chance to, to talk with her this week. Yes, um, I interviewed her on the phone and then we interviewed on a video interview. B.K. Lauren is um, a Colorado writer. She grew up in Colorado. She bounced around for a while um, after graduating from the University of Colorado in majoring in classics. Eventually she went to graduate school and she got an MA in fiction in New Mexico and then she also studied at the Iowa Writers Workshop. The interesting thing about her though is that um, um, you know between all this education and she also worked in a lot of um, blue-collar jobs and I think you can really tell from the novel that all of that experience she has um, in the world really shows up in, in making her uh, characters very intelligent. Mm -hmm. I, I want to actually read something from the, the book jacket. Uh, she's worked as a naturalist, professional brainstormer, assistant chef, ranch hand, furniture maker, UPS driver, and college professor. And I think you're right. I mean, I saw traces of each of those experiences throughout the characters and, and uh, really felt like she had a sense of working hard and working at a variety of things. Uh, that really came through for me. And, and a real eye for uh, class differences in this country and a real sort of support for people whose economic choices aren't easy. One of her most influential jobs, she told me, was working at El Dorado Canyon State Park where she trained with a master um, wildlife tracker. And it was from learning about wildlife tracker that some of the book's themes um, come from. And that experience really influenced um, this novel. Hmm. Uh, Ellen, what struck me in the interview that you did, she talked a, a bit about the writing process for her. And she said something that I found was pretty interesting. She said, writing is as much about listening as it is about having something to say, you know, to have a message that you want to give to the world, that hmm. listening part. I mean, um, can you explain how she, or you know, exp expand on that a little bit about the listening part? 
Sure. She talks about how for months she was listening to a character and later that character revealed herself to be Willa, who becomes the main character in this book. And I think it's interesting because that kind of conversation, talking about listening to imaginary characters, sometimes drives journalists nuts because we do something so very different. Um, but she said that she was um, developing these characters and it was only after she had drafts of her story that she was able to go back and layer in the theme and she was able to see some some thematic threads jump out and she was able to weave those together in some interesting ways. Mm -hmm. But it all started with a character who later became Willa, who I imagine, I don't know this, but I imagine has some shared similarities with BK herself. Before we get too much further, we probably should give a little bit more of the plot um, because as in every book club, not everyone has finished the book. Um, Lisa, I mean, for those who, who have not finished the book, uh, can you just sort of outline, give us a skeleton of the plot and, you know, no spoilers, please. Yeah, sure. Uh, the book is really, you know, it touches on so many different themes. But, you know, it begins with the uh, kind of a scene where a brother and sister actually are committing an act of burglary. And the, the theme of theft actually does carry through most of the story. But, um, you know, this is a family that there is kind of a tragedy going on in their family. The mother is suffering from Parkinson's disease. And that, in part, contributes to the theft that the, that the brother and sister in, are engaged in. But then there's there's kind of a pivotal a pivotal event that takes place in the book, and the mother also dies of the disease, and that kind of that kind of tears the family apart in a way, so that they're in a situation where they don't see each other for a long time, and um, the plot is built around um, Willa, who is the sister being hired by authorities to track the brother who is Zeb who becomes a fugitive at one point and that kind of is the thread that carries through the rest of the novel. She, she ends up um, in a role where she is tracking wolves as part of her career so she's kind of an expert tracker and that's where the story takes us. Mm. As I said, we're, we're talking about theft by B.K. Lorne, if you're just joining us. Uh, Tribune staffers Ellen Weiss, Kathy Stevenson, and Lisa Karakaburu are with us. And you can join us, too. You can send your thoughts and questions to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+. You can put them in the comments section at sltrib.com, or you can text us, and the number is 801-609-8059. Um, like you said, Lisa, the, the theft theme really carries us through um, not just, you know, the sticky fingers, you know, people actually stealing <laughs> stuff, but um, friendships and relationships are lost and, and stolen as well. Time is taken away from various characters. Of, I'm thinking of the mother with the disease. Um, uh, Kathy, how, how did this theft theme work for you? Oh, I really, I really enjoyed it. I, when I got to the end of it, I kept thinking, oh, she weaved that theme so often into things. And, and really, it makes you kind of reflect on your own life, how one, um, I guess, event in your life, like your mother's sickness, can um, really set you on a path that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise. And I really feel like that's kind of what happened to Zeb and Willa. You know, when they um, were dealing with it, they learned... Um, 
you know, certain skills to kind of deal with their mother's um, illness, and then it carried through their whole life. What um, you know, what happened to them, their relationships, not just with them, the two of them, but also with other people. So um, I, I felt like the theft theme was wasn't just like you said, sticky fingers. You know that that happens in, in the beginning of the book. It, it really kind of carries through the whole book and. Um, Oh, it lots of sadness. I, I cried a few times in this book. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I really liked the way she weaved that theme through the whole book. Um, I, I want to get to it. We had quite a, a nice uh, engagement on our Facebook page, uh, the Utah Lit Facebook page. One comment said, um, this is from Heidi, uh, who wrote, Theft is a very engaging and poetically written novel which deftly weaves stories about family and environment, old, west, and new. <laughs> Uh, well worth reading. And that was one of the, the issues that you brought up with her, Ellen, in your interview, this, this concept of the Old West versus the New West. F uh, explore those terms for us, um, because maybe not everybody is familiar with that. What does it mean to be Old West? What does it mean to be New West? Well, I want to talk about it in terms of the way B.K. Lauren talks about it with her character. She said that it was only after she saw um, these themes come out in in the draft of the novel that she saw that Willa represented a new West, um, a West that talks about diversity, about reintroducing wolves into the environment. And Zeb, her brother, represents the old West, the kind of um, iconoclastic um, individualist who um, thinks like thinks he thinks like an animal and and understands the West of the past and so their their um, years of estrangement has caused these very different people and um, to to have very different approaches to the landscape that they both love Mm-hmm. And the, I mean that's part of why we did this book club was to explore that old west new and new west um, combination and 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 the contrast. But it's interesting. You said Zeb is this maverick. You know, he's sort of the man against nature, and yet. Um, even though he thinks like an animal, um, his sister is the tracker. She really puts herself in the mindset of uh, the animals that she tracks, and so she has that sort of um, uh, connection with nature that is inherent in the West period, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why this novel is so good. It's so complicated and so nuanced. I mean, the idea that the book is called Theft, but the themes of thefts are so deftly woven that it, that it doesn't ever feel like it's beating you over the head. In the same way, you can read the book for pure pleasure, and you don't have to um, do a high school, write a high school theme about Old West or man versus nature or woman versus a brother. You don't have to read the book that way. In fact, I read the book um, for the mystery elements and I was reading so fast and the language was so beautiful it caught me up and made me stop and slow down. And that's a pleasure that I don't always get when I read literary work. Often when I read literary work I'm, I'm impressed at the language but am not as interested in the plot. Or um, in other kinds of work I read for the plot and the language doesn't sell me. And so I think the fact that it works on both of those levels is, is just such a pleasure for um, a reader and you don't even have to care about Western themes or <laughs> you don't even have to care about the idea of reintroducing wolves to the West and yet there's still something in this book that I think is just really compelling. Well I think that something is 
something that we can all identify with, which is family, and in particular, dysfunctional families. I mean, <laughs> these characters, I, I, they are complicated, multifaceted. Their interactions are, um, some of them rang so true to me. And Lisa, I mean, can you describe how you felt about either the, the mother-daughter relationship or the, the brother-sister relationship, the, uh, the relationship that they had as kids and then as adults? I mean, uh, what struck you in, in that regard? Yeah, you know, just just verifying what Ellen said too. I, there is so much going on in this book on so many levels. Beautiful language, but the character development to me is just spectacular. You know, even even if I didn't care one bit about the plot, which I did, I I just was so interested every time one of the characters reappeared in the story. I thought Brenda was a was a fascinating character. I thought her father was a fascinating character. And you know, even some of the ancillary characters, you just really cared about them and wanted to know where what their part in was in this story. But, the bartender, uh, the bartender made that for me. I, I just yeah, thought, oh, yeah, you exactly. spit off a whole book about this guy. It, exactly, but you know, as as far as the family relationships go, um, it you know, I think this book was just so spot on in. Um, identifying the how complex family relationships can be and even when there's a situation where family members don't talk to each other it is still so apparent in this book how much they love and care about each other and that you know and that, that I think this book more than any you could ever read really um, gets at how all families are dysfunctional in some way and that but that there's a way through that and that there is something that is more important than that dysfunction Th this is a brother and sister who are really connected in a way no other you know in a way no other humans can be in, than in a way siblings are especially siblings that are really close and care about each other. Mm -hmm. And that's and, part of the tragedy yeah. of this book. I mean, didn't you feel right. like, oh, there's, a, there's such a hole because they mm -hmm. they were so tight as kids, even though they were so different and <laughs> their motivations were so different, but they seem to read each other so well. And then when they get separated right. as adults, it, it is true, tra truly tragic. Can I say yeah. something here about sure. B.K. Lauren said that you know, we can talk about fragmented families as much as we want. We can Jerry Springer it all day long. But there's beauty underneath that. And she said really examining that beauty underneath the dysfunction and mm -hmm. that closeness that, that you develop in childhood. I was just talking to a friend about how we still think of our siblings as what they were like when they were children, even though we're all adults now. And, and to draw upon that, I, I think mm -hmm. she's done that in a beautifully mm -hmm. rich way. I want to uh, talk a little bit about the craft because um, judging from the emails and the Facebook entries, I mean, people love how well this was written and the language that she used. Um, this is from Mark Workema. Uh, B.K. Lauren is an author who makes words count. She's written a beautiful book that's engaging, tight, and that matters. Um, this is a, an email from Kay Goodman. Uh, theft is so lyrically written that each sentence flows like a stream of beauty. I found myself reading and rereading passages simply because my brain and spirit were so delighted and surprised to finally be engaged and respected in such an intelligent way. Kathy, did the did the language draw you in in that kind of a way, or oh, did you have a different yeah. experience? 
Ab absolutely. I, I did the same thing. I'd, I'd read something and then I think, wow, that, that was so great. And yeah, you're, you're, you're stopping and you're going back and saying, oh, how did she think about right, putting those words together? And, um, and I thought it really, it really um, put you in the place. You know, I really felt like I was in the Southwest. I was in New Mexico. And um, so, yeah, I really felt like I was there and, and I could see the, the desert and I could see the wolves. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I really, um, I sped through it. I, sometimes I'm a slow reader and I keep working at a book and I keep thinking, why do I not want to keep going to this book? But I finished this quickly. So that tells me something was compelling enough to keep going. Mm -hmm. And I want to piggyback on that to say it wasn't overwritten either. Oh, Often, in particular, um, writers who aim to be lyrical or have a lyrical bent can be really precious in their writing. And this writing is not precious at all. It's it's very um, the, what what her characters describe are necessary um, versus just being pretty language. Oh, yeah, actually, I, I, can yeah, I just ahead, add Lisa. on that? You know, the the writing. You know, I think it's something that we really value as journalists, but she, she just does it terrifically. Simple sentences that, that have impact, strong verbs, beautiful, beautiful language throughout this book. I just I just envy her writing sincerely. Yeah, and, and her insights, are, the the insights of her characters are remarkable and feel very in tune right. with who the characters are. It doesn't feel like the authorial presence coming in to say this is what I think about the landscape. It feels very mm -hmm. much through the characters. I actually want to just read just a snippet just to give um, our viewers a sense. Um, this is uh, the main character Willa, who is this animal tracker. Um, and I've never been an animal tracker, but this made me feel like I kind you of knew be, she was talking. I know, I know. Um, and she, she wrote, I, have, I, I felt half animal now, like I'd drawn the short straw when I was handed my opposable thumb and my too heavy brain. I tried to shut off my mind and to let my sense of smell and hearing take over. I closed my eyes and listened, owls calling, hares moving through the brush. I knew that animals in the wild sounded bigger than they actually were, that people unused to the wilderness were some, will sometimes report the loud sound of a huge animal when it turned out just to be a bird flitting from branch to branch. Still, every sound grabbed my attention. The relative quiet of the night amplified everything. I mean, for me, that just put me right there. <laughs> I was like, wow, I know what it feels like to be a tracker, to have my senses heightened. Um, and and that, that's just one of many instances, at least for me, that happened in the book. Uh, structurally, how did it work for you? The narrative seems to jump from present to past pretty fluidly. Um, and it, it, it gives sort of an equally formed detailed analysis of, of people traveling through time. Did the structure work for you guys, Lisa? Uh, you know, in, in this case, like I said earlier, I, w I was very interested in these characters and what their role was in the story. And I think the technique of going from character to character really helped um, deal with that issue of jumping from past to present a little bit because because you could track where this, where the particular character was in the story, so I, you, you know, this is not a book that you have to go backwards and try to figure out where this person is. Um, it, it was complicated in the sense that it did, it did time travel a little bit, and and it did go from character to character, but it was extremely easy to follow that 
um, which actually is quite a feat for a writer to accomplish as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, as a reader, I never felt lost. Kathy? <clears throat> no, in fact, I liked it because sometimes she did the same scene but from the different character's perspective. Really? And so you could, you know, you got to see both sides, like what he was thinking, what Zeb might be thinking in a certain situation, and then what Willa mm -hmm. saw. Um, so I, I liked that too. It felt like it, it kind of completed the scene and you kind of knew how everything was, was going. So I, mm -hmm. I, I thought that was a clever way to do that. Um, a couple other comments, and uh, I'll let you follow up. Mary Fifield writes, uh, Theft is such a compelling and timely story, and it delves into the meaning of conservation in a way that few novels do. Um, and Harry Green said, uh, I read Theft as a conservation biologist who studies predators and loves the West. This is a beautifully written, persistently thought-provoking, and stunningly truthful novel. Uh, the, the conservation theme, uh, it's not overbearing, I didn't feel like, no. Ellen. No. No, I feel like it very much comes out through Willa's point of view and through the choices that she's made in her life. So I didn't feel ever as a reader that I was being lectured to, which I think, again, is the sign of a mature writer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, let's go to flaws. What oh. didn't work for you? Was there anything in this novel that you didn't feel was a believable or that you think maybe she could have explored a little bit more or differently? Um, Ellen? Well, one thing that I found a little unbelievable is how quickly Willa finds her brother. Um, there might be a spoiler in that, but I'm not going to say anything more. And I just think the amount of time was too short for the amount of time that had led up to it. So I think there's some things in the plot that um, seemed a little bit too convenient. Um, but I was so sold by the book that, that it was only in thinking back through it that I felt like some of the flaws um, made themselves apparent. Mm. Lisa, what did not work for you? Yeah, I, I found myself wondering a little bit more about the father and the estrangement from the father. Um, you know, many, many of the other ancillary characters were a little more fully developed than he was. And we know, for example, that Willa sat in the truck watching her father from the window whenever she was around the family home. But we really don't know, you know, he really only has one scene in the book, and that's the scene where he's hunting with Zeb. And so, you know, if I, if I had any questions when the book was over about the story, I guess my question would have been, what his role was and, and, and you know, maybe a little more development of that character and what, what led to the estrangement beyond, um, you know, what, what kind of happened in the story that is the explanation we're given for that. Yeah, I agree. I think that that was a gap. Um, uh, Kathy, what about you? A couple of the other characters, too, I felt like I wanted to know more about. Um, her present, Willa's present day life in New Mexico with Richard, who helped her kind of become a tracker. I, I kind of didn't, I wanted to know more about him and a little bit of his history that kind of comes out at the very end. Oh, you mean Raymond? Yes, yes, Raymond. I said Richard, uh -huh. sorry, Raymond. Um, and then the two, there's a couple that, that have become friends, like neighbors of hers, and I didn't know if, if they were like parental figures, you know, how, I don't know. I wanted more of her present day a little bit. I, I just felt like that was kind of rushed through. Mm -hmm. And and as you can see, I mean, it's not a lengthy book. Um, I suppose she could have explored those if she had wanted to, but um, 
I, I'm not going to question that artistic <laughs> detail. Um, in your interview with BK Lauren Ellen, um, she said that she wants readers to have more questions than answers after reading her books. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious about um, what questions did the book spur for you? Were there some sort of cosmic questions that you've been thinking about um, after reading? Because for me, I, you know, can someone ever really leave their past? That's something that I've been thinking about after um, after finishing and reflecting on. Um, you know, do all scars heal? Do the, can can you patch things up after years and years and years of estrangement? Um, Ellen, does anything strike you? Yeah, uh, several things. One is the idea of home because Willa and her brother are both still very attached to the family home that was their uh, mother's home and their grandparents' home and they live in a house where they watch the family farmstead house fall apart. And so that idea of theft again steals it from them. Um, my family has property that, that we don't live on that I think about all the time and, and I, I think there's that, that um, for many Many of us who grew up in the West, I think there's that idea of, of where is our real home, even if we live and work in cities. Um, I think the other idea is that idea of trauma and how this family is splintered. And, and one of the things that, that we didn't really go into when we talked about the structure is how that trauma really affects the characters. Willa is um, narrated when she's recalling the past, she talks in present tense. When she's talking about the present, she, she talks in past tense. And it's not until she faces the trauma in her own past that she's been carrying around all these years that, that the tenses um, come to be more conventional. And I think that's, again, such a, a great sign of a mature writer because that's not a structure that I was aware of or tracking when I read. It was something that was just part of the story. But again, it, it becomes a literal metaphor for the whole story is that we can't perceive in the present the trauma until we've faced it, until we've acknowledged it. And to me, that's a fascinating issue and, and very much a part of one of the questions of reading this book. Mm -hmm. Kathy, questions? Uh, no, just just the fact that I think kind of ex expanding what Ellen said, when something happens to you when you are young, it puts you on a different path. And so, what would have happened if you hadn't, you know, if your mother hadn't gotten sick, or if your parents hadn't gotten divorced, or you know, there's all these things that happen to kids when they're young, and then it sets them on a path. And so, you know, that's just kind of intriguing to me because everybody must have something like that. So, um, you know, it just it changes your story. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, and Lisa? Uh, well, you know, my, mine weren't um, questions as much as observations that I think are worth exploring further. One, one thing that I found very interesting about this novel, and this goes back to what I think Ellen talked about on that, you know, in talking about the Old West, New West theme that was going on. Um, what, what I found interesting is that you, you have, you have siblings who are very close to one another and care about one another really representing the ideals of both of these groups you know in a way that is you know in a way that there may be an opportunity for common ground in a way that we normally don't see with these groups um, you know people who are more like Zeb are very unlikely to feel that there is a reason to be reintroducing wolves, you know, and in fact Zeb himself is actually tracking a 
a mountain lion with the intention to do away with it, you know? Right. And so, but, but you know, so I, I think one beauty of this novel is that that there is some common ground between those two representations of the West and and people who are deeply committed to the West who share, you, you know, who share a love of it yet have different perspectives too. Whereas, you know, usually they're, they're forces that are butting up against each other constantly with, with no common ground in sight. Mm. Well, I just wanted to piggyback on that to say, mm. I mean, um, people from outside the West think of Westerners in a certain way, but those of us who live here know about the contrast mm. between urban and rural interests. And so mm. I think all of those come out in a really nuanced way that doesn't... Um, that doesn't simplify how different our versions of the West can be. Right. Well, I think we've all reached a consensus. We like this mm. book. So um, if you have not finished the book, mm. go ahead, finish it now. Um, it's worth your time. Um, our time's just about up, but we need to go on to our selection for next month. And uh, the author is Tom Zollner, and the book is titled Train. I think he's reading tonight um, at the King's English Bookshop here in Salt Lake City. But uh, Lisa, what's this book about? Well, this this is a really interesting book um, about basically what Tom Zollner has done in this book is he has traveled around the world by rail. He he goes to uh, Great Britain. He goes to Peru. He goes to India. He is in Russia. He is in Spain. Literally all over the world, riding the rails to kind of tell the story of trains from their first you know from the time they were created and and basically in this novel also making a case for more high-speed rail in the United States um, the interesting thing about the book though is that he also um, intersperses many many stories um, about people who he encounters on this trip and so there, there's kind of this thread of these interesting people he has confronted as a thread that he's pulling through in talking about the history of trains and their importance around the globe. So it's it's um, it, it's if you're a train lover in particular, I think this novel is going to fascinate you. And it is the first nonfiction work that we've looked at as part of Utah Lit. So I think it would be something that will create some interesting discussion when we do this again next mm -hmm. month. Okay, um, the, the book again is called Train, and the author is Tom Zollner. Save the date, Friday, April 25th, um, right here at Utah Lit. Ellen Weiss, Talisa Karakaburu, Kathy Stevenson, thank you all so much for your time. Thank, thank you. you. And again, lots more information at the Utah Lit Facebook page um, and on our website, sltrib.com. And if you haven't checked out uh, the video of Ellen's interview with BK Lauren, well, well worth your time on that, too. I'm Jennifer Napier-Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune. Thanks for joining us for Utah Lit, and we'll see you next month.